The reason that I'm sharing these stories with you is that I want to really emphasize and drive home the fact of why it's so important to properly vet your vendors. Hey there, welcome to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. Do you know that the number one regret for most couples after their wedding is usually their photographs? Tammy will share all the knowledge and expertise she has gained over the years to help you get the very best wedding images from your photographer. The conversations on this podcast are going to help you understand how almost every decision you make for your wedding day directly affects your photographer. Tammy is going to give you the knowledge and awareness you need to create a nearly perfect position for your photographer to be in on your wedding day. And that means better images for you to remember your special milestone. Tammy Blaylock is an internationally awarded, nationally featured wedding photographer and published author. Since 2010, she has excelled in helping each of her couples capture beautiful, emotive images from their big day. Tammy wants your wedding day to be as perfect as you do. So tune in and listen up, because this episode's about to begin. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today and learning how to set up your wedding photographer for success and how to eliminate all of the obstacles and challenges you did not even know that you were going to create for your wedding photographer on your wedding day. I am just so happy that you are here. I want to, first of all, apologize for a little word fumble in my last week's episode, I incorrectly referred to RBF as RBI. I was called out by my very own daughter. And I just want to say that when I am speaking on this podcast and recording myself, that it is not easy at all trying to get the words out of my mouth and thinking of what I am trying to say in the moment, as well as think ahead three, four, five sentences or bullet points at the same time and trying to get all the words right. And in my defense, a significant part of my life was spent traveling all around South Texas and sometimes in other states watching my daughters play softball year round. So in the future, if I ever again incorrectly refer to RBF as an RBI, please forgive me, Kiana. All right. I also real quickly just want to let everyone know that the podcast and my book won an international ILEA Esprit award this past Friday for best industry contribution. I couldn't be any happier about that because what that last international award meant was that I swept all three levels that I could have won with the podcast and the book. So I won best industry contribution at my local level, I won best industry contribution at my regional level, competing with some chapters, some ILEA chapters in like the Texas, Arizona area, I believe. And then 
I went head to head competing against every chapter in the world and also won best industry contribution at that international level. And I couldn't be happier because I was just unsure at all three levels whether the podcast and the book was good enough to win any of those awards. So I am just so excited that I was able to win. I started back in January. I think the the local competition was in January. The regional competition was in at the end of March. And then this past Friday, I found out about the international award. So I am so happy that judges at all three of those levels thought that this book and this podcast was deserving of all three of those awards. So yay us. And then finally, this past weekend, I was blessed enough to celebrate my 53rd birthday with both of my daughters, my grandson, my granddaughter on the way, who was in Kiana's belly, and their two boyfriends, Devin and Jean, and my best friend, Yolanda, and all of our dogs. There were four dogs. And we went up to a place about halfway, I guess, between my two daughters where they live. One lives outside of Dallas and one lives just outside of Austin. And we found a house that had a pool and would allow more than one dog. And we just had a really great time um, just spending time with each other and relaxing and spending time around the pool and with Archie, my little peanut. And it was such a great time that I decided that maybe we should do this every year. So I hope that we are able to all get together next August and spend some time together for my 54th birthday. I am really looking forward to that and I hope that that happens. All right, so let's jump right into today's episode, Real Life Stories of Photographers Behaving Badly. This is straight out of a chapter from my book. These are small stories that come from venue owners, wedding planners, and other photographers of things that they have seen other quote-unquote professional photographers do on couples' wedding days. And again, I repeat, these are true stories. And the reason that I'm sharing these stories with you is that I want to really emphasize and drive home the fact of why it's so important to properly vet your vendors including your photographers, so that you're not embarrassed on your wedding day or put in any of these difficult situations with your other vendors because you hired someone who was not professional or could not be trusted. If you want to know how to properly vet your vendors, you can tune into episodes 18 and 40. And I will give you lots of tips in those two episodes, how to properly vet your vendors so that you can be sure someone who is professional and trusted and legitimate is going to show up to help you with your wedding day. All right, so let's get started. This first story is from Mika from the Circle J Ranch in Von Army, Texas. One of my couples hired a photographer for their big day. The photographer and her second shooter arrived on time, but were completely unprepared. 
The photographers had no list or questionnaire from the bride or groom regarding what family formals were to be captured. So when I asked in what order they were going to do the photos, they completely blanked. And then they took their phones out and proceeded to search Pinterest for inspiration while the couple and their family stood in front of them waiting. The bride then began to feel uncomfortable and wanted all of her guests to be removed from the area. Soon after this, the photographer began complaining about being sick and told the couple to take a break and that she would get back to the couple's photos as the sun began to go down. However, that never happened. A few moments later, I was informed that we needed to push up the cake cutting, bouquet toss, and toast because the photographer was leaving. Now, I can't imagine showing up to a wedding and not being prepared to take the family formals. I always have a list of exact groupings of what the bride and groom wants. And I try really hard not to deviate from that list. You should always have a plan for that part of the day because that is an extremely stressful part of the day. And you usually have very limited time to complete that. All right, next story is from Anonymous. The person who shared this with me did not want to be revealed. This was from a photographer. The lead photographer refused to let the bride and groom ride in the venue's golf cart after the ceremony to the location that the creative portraits would take place. Why? Because everyone couldn't fit in the golf cart. It was a four-seater, and truthfully, I would be the only one walking. I was the second shooter. Meanwhile, the bride is walking in stilettos on a slanted, unpaved, very uneven driveway to the woodsy area. The venue coordinator was dumbfounded, as was I. We exchanged very telling glances. However, after we were done, the coordinator insisted the bride and groom get in the cart and had adult drinks ready for them. Now, that should have never happened. The lead photographer should have realized that the bride and groom needed to be in that cart, even if everybody else had to walk. That bride should have never been expected to walk in stilettos on any sort of uneven surface, even on a paved surface, for any length of time. If a cart is available, the bride should be in the cart. End of story. This next story is from Grace Gonzalez of Graceful Moments Weddings and Events from San Antonio, Texas. As a wedding planner, I've seen many things go awry at a wedding, and I can almost always pinpoint it to the hiring of a non-professional industry wedding vendor. I had a bride who hired a photographer and videographer team, and I caught them on at least three different occasions in the bridal suite, either watching a movie on their laptop, taking an extremely long break, or eating a second dinner plate. When I confronted the photographer, and she used quotes, as to why he wasn't in the ballroom, he replied, they're just dancing. It'll just be the same photos over and over again. It was no surprise when one year later, the bride reached out to ask what she should do since she hadn't yet received her photos and video. This is one of my favorite quotes from Two Man Studio, who, if you listen on a regular basis, you know that they are some of my favorite wedding photographers. But one of their quotes is, 
if you're bored, then you're boring. There is no reason why if you have been contracted to cover a wedding day for X amount of hours, that you should not be covering the wedding day for X amount of hours. Even if it's repetitive hours on the dance floor, there are things that the photographer can do to make those images look exciting and not repetitive and not boring. They have to get creative with the way they are taking those photos. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but the photographer should not be in the bridal suite watching movies or taking extended breaks. Next story is from Anonymous, and it's very short. I banned a photographer from my venue for climbing on my antique furniture. My Queen Anne dresser is not a photographic vantage point. All your vendors should respect the venue owner's property and all the other vendors' property for that matter. We should not be disrespectful when we show up at other people's property, houses, venues, storefronts, parks, to shoot. We should not be going through flower beds. We should not be ripping off limbs from trees or leaving confetti on sidewalks or smashed cakes or climbing on furniture. We have to respect where we're at. This is the reason why a lot of places have either completely banned photographers from showing up to take pictures or charging a fee to take pictures or making a sign an agreement to take pictures at certain places because other quote unquote professional photographers have ruined it for us by doing these kinds of things. All right, next story is from another anonymous who did not want to be revealed. I have witnessed a photographer showing up to a wedding wearing cargo shorts and flip flops. The wedding was a formal black tie event at a private golf club. As a videographer for this wedding, it's none of my business. However, he did go in front of my cameras several times during the ceremony, so it's in the couple's video. Also, I am known for providing both photography and videography services, so any other vendors or guests could assume that he was there with me, and I wouldn't appreciate being associated with such a casual approach to such an important wedding day. Make sure your photographer knows the dress code. If they show up to your meetings in casual attire, you can assume they may show up to your event dressed like this as well. Again, properly vet your wedding vendors. The more legitimate that they treat their business, the more legitimate they are going to treat their couples. All right, the next story is from Nicolette Orozco, and she operates Cheek Concepts Event Planning also in San Antonio, Texas. As a planner, I have seen a few things. I have had clients who hired super cheap photographers before they hired me or against my advice. These quote unquote photographers were not really artists. They didn't really value their businesses and were just doing this as a means of making extra income. In almost every instance, my client would end up being ghosted post-wedding or end up not receiving all of the product they paid for. I have seen photographers show up to weddings dressed very unprofessionally. I understand that they need to move around a lot and need clothing that allows them to do that. But at the end of the day, it's still someone's wedding. And as industry professionals, we should respect that. 
I have witnessed photographers drinking alcohol at their clients' weddings. You simply can't be a vendor and a guest. You have to make a choice. Generally speaking, when a photographer offers a wedding coverage of less than eight hours, which is the minimum amount needed to cover a typical wedding day, they should really consult with their clients about when that coverage should begin and end. I've seen so many photographers just leave a wedding at the most inappropriate times without any worry how it will affect their clients. A well thought out timeline with respect to photography coverage is a must. Now, Nicolette covered a lot of really good points in her synopsis. One that we haven't yet talked about are vendors drinking at the weddings. I personally don't drink a drop of alcohol at my couple's weddings. I do know that there are some photographers who will drink a few drinks with their couples. I personally don't see anything wrong with this because you are trying to establish a certain level of trust and rapport with your clients. And if they are big drinkers, you don't want to turn down a drink that they offer you. On the flip side of that, you also don't want to get smashed and not be able to properly perform your job duties. So there's a thin line to walk there. In regard to, you know, leaving at inappropriate times, yes, you should discuss with your clients if you're only providing eight hours of coverage as to when you're going to begin and end so that you're not walking out, say, in the middle of cake cutting or toasts or what have you. All right. My next story is from Darlene Henry, and she operates Strawberry Pines in Poteet, Texas. After specifically reviewing my venue's policies with the photographer and videographer to include the prohibition of confetti and glitter. I returned one night to find they had used confetti guns during the first dance. Confetti was literally four inches deep on my dance floor, and as I walked across, it swirled at my feet. The bride's parents and Denise stayed until 4 a.m. helping me clean up the mess because the photographer, videographer, and wedding planner had all left. In the process, we destroyed two separate shop vacuums. The photographer and videographer tried to reason that because they would be submitting the wedding for publication, they assumed I would allow the use of confetti. They were both banned from ever working at my venue again. This is an extreme situation where vendors were actually banned by not following a venue owner's policy. This next story is an anonymous one. As a second shooter, I once had to listen to the lead photographer blame the non-white wedding guest for stealing her camera bag and equipment. She chose to use racial slurs very loudly on the dance floor to berate the guests behind their backs for hours in my ear. It was very uncomfortable. She even spent a considerable amount of time in the parking lot trying to figure out how she was going to unlock her car to get home because her keys were also in her camera bag. In the end, her camera bag was found safe and sound tucked under a church pew on the venue's back patio. The wedding planner had put it out of sight during the first look. I don't even have words for that. That is talk that shouldn't ever be used. Uh, next story is from Donna Liston of Lambermont Events in San Antonio, Texas. During a single event, 
One photographer stood on antique furniture to, quote, get a better shot, close quotes. Stood in front of the mother of the bride during the ceremony to, quote, get a better shot, close quotes. Took the bride and groom away just as they were getting their dinner and totally ignored the timeline, causing a domino effect to the rest of the schedule. This photographer is on my blacklist. Had it been just one of these instances, I would be a little more understanding, but the same person did all of these during a single event. Yes, not good. I would classify this photographer as a very selfish photographer, not necessarily working for the couples, but more so working for themselves to get images for themselves not images necessarily for the couple or an experience that the couple wanted. All right, the next story is anonymous and I think that is where we are going to end it for part one. I coordinated a wedding once where the photographer showed up 20 minutes into the ceremony just as the couple were exchanging rings. She had been communicating with the groom prior to the wedding so he knew she was going to be late. The groom had asked for the wedding to be postponed a few minutes, but this was a Catholic ceremony and father is on a tight wedding schedule on Saturdays, so that was not a possibility. Luckily, the videographer had extra staff and equipment to cover the still photos until she arrived, quote unquote, from the doctor. She claimed to have been ill earlier that morning. Coincidentally, this also happened to be a day that heavy rains were closing low water crossings all over the city and making travel very complicated. This photographer was an up-and-comer, and I just don't think she planned very well. Yeah, you can't be late to your own wedding. I always make it a point to show up at least an hour early to my wedding day coverages if I am contracted to begin at 11 a.m., I try to be there by 10 a.m. That way, if I run out of gas, have a flat, encounter closed roadways, get pulled over for speeding, what have you, I have a whole 60-minute cushion that will hopefully still allow me to get to my job on time in case something unexpected happens. All right, guys, that is it for part one. The only way that this podcast will grow is if you share it. I need your grassroots help. It's only going to grow if you help me by sharing it on your Instagram story. So please take a screenshot of wherever you're listening today and just pop that up on your Instagram story and tag either complete wedding ed or add a girl photo. I would be grateful for whatever kind of help that you're willing to give me. If you want to know more about the book, the podcast, or my wedding photography, or my Esprit Award that I won last Friday, you can log on to completeweddinged.com or atagirlphoto.com. All the links to all the things are in my show notes. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have an amazing day. I will catch you next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time and we hope that you learned something to make your wedding photographs better and your wedding day less stressful. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
so others just like you can set their wedding photographer up for success. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you again during the next episode.